The future has arrived. As the world and humanity itself moves faster and faster into unimaginable possibilities, old institutions that built connection and shaped our sense of meaning are falling by the wayside. In their wake, profound questions about ethics, our purpose, and spirituality demand new answers. Join your host, Scott Mason, in Season 2 of the Purpose Highway Podcast. We will explore how these social changes will revolutionize our society. We will learn how they impact our own search for connection and meaning. And we will hear stories of influencers whose lives have had radical change from the inside. And found profound connection to others and themselves through a new definition of meaning. The future has arrived. Are you ready? When you're racing down the Purpose Highway, we want to make sure you're healthy and happy every step of the way. That's why we're proud to partner with It's NOLA, 21st century plant-based healthy granola snack bites made with real ingredients and audacious flavor. It's NOLA crafts small batch hand-rolled granola balls that are vegan, gluten-free, and naturally low in sugar. It's NOLA's delightful bites come in three flavors. Luscious cranberry coconut, sassy mango masala, and dark, decadent, chewy chocolate. It's NOLA is available to both individual customers and for wholesale accounts at itsnola.com. That's I-T-S-N-O-L-A.com. Guests on this show are already enjoying this delicious snack. Check out It's NOLA's website for yourself and find out how good it is. Hello, everybody. It's Scott Mason revving up for another race down the Purpose Highway. If you like what we're doing, be sure to leave a review on Apple and subscribe on YouTube. Now, sitting next to me today in the front seat is Rich Oseguera. Rich is an author, talk show host and producer, on-camera confidence trainer, mindset and mindfulness coach, and transformational catalyst. He currently hosts the Unmute Yourself show and has co-hosted the Heart to Heart talk show, which you can find on YouTube and other check platforms. As a trainer and a coach, he weaves 35 years of business development, speaking, teaching, and video production experience to offer self-mastery workshops, broadcasts, and training programs designed to help visionary change makers increase their online visibility and become authorities in their marketplace so they can attract their ideal audience, help more people, and increase their profits. Rich, welcome to the show. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you. Honored to be here with you, man. <laughs> we are going to have a grand old time. I, I can sense it already. And if anyone is listening, if you could see Rich, and those of you who are watching can, you can tell already. This is going to be a very, very special episode. <laughs> Rich, let me just roll up our sleeves and begin to go into some of the themes that have defined this podcast. First, the theme 
of the silent revolution. We are living in times of profound historical importance. And I don't just say that in the usual way where everyone thinks that their time is the most important. The changes that we are undergoing in our society based on the expertise of some of the earlier guests on this show have been unprecedented, not just in recorded history, but even in the pre-recorded history of humanity. And that is the following, a shift in thinking around how people connect to their ethical grounding, their spirituality and their sense of purpose, which has historically been guided by major religious institutions and other civic gathering places. Those are in decline. This has never happened before. And this isn't just in the West. Experts we've had on the show have talked about it happening in the Midwest, in the Middle East, in Asia, South America. This is a worldwide phenomena and it ain't going away. It is truly a revolution. Part of why we're exploring the silent revolution on this show is because as this is happening, people who are visionaries are breaking new ground in ways of thinking about ethics, connection to purpose, and spirituality. And thank goodness those people are there. Because one of the side effects of the silent revolution is a secret plague. And that is an inner sickness of the heart that a lot of folks are really suffering with. They feel disconnected, alienated from their humanity, from the larger humanity. And it's being played out with social unrest, finger pointing, anger, or people just walking and living their lives day to day, feeling unfulfilled and without any idea about where they can go to find that fulfillment. It is a fundamental human drive, I believe, to seek meaning. You are one of those people who is breaking new ground. You're creating a whole new set of mythologies that people can inhabit in their lives. And that's why it is such an honor to have you here today. Now, having heard the introduction that I gave you, it may not be clear to the average listener or viewer as to what your work has to do with any of the stuff that I just was rambling on and on about. But tell me, does anything that I just said sort of as the lead into the show resonate with you and the work you do? And if so, how? We want to know. <laughs> yes, actually, I've been scribbling notes as, as you were uh, doing that intro and where would I start? Um, well, the concept of mythology, uh, it, one of the most recent things I've created is the next level of training in, in this program that I lead called the Authority and Visibility Accelerator. And in, in the, it's, the way I've structured this program is it's every week I create a new layer of the training. So it's, yeah. it's kind of like feels like flying by the seat of my pants, but it's, it's all things I know, but it's not a pre-plan. Like, here's how I think it's being guided very much by the students. And, and so this week um, I'm, t I'm teaching about storytelling and that took me down this rabbit hole of Joseph Campbell, yep. <laughs> which of course is all about, you know, this man who spent his life yeah. know, exploring myth and mythology and the monomyth uh, yep. concept. Um, 
And so that's coming to mind around how stories and, and these things that have been made up by man, by man, kind, uh, humankind for all our female listeners out there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, uh, all these stories, everything that exists in the world right now is just made up. It's all stories, right? Yeah. It's all these stories that we keep perpetuating. And one of the things that we do see uh, crumbling to some extent is this story of uh, patriarchy, yeah. right? And the, the, the system of male-led government and religion. Uh, and I think, you know, going to, to this concept of uh, religions losing their impact, I think part of the reason is because they've been male-centered, you know, the Abrahamic uh, religions all forced a global change in in believing in a uh, monotheistic uh, philosophy of one male God who sits up in heaven somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of worked, I guess, if, if you want to say they held power, let's put it that way, mm-hmm. for you know, thousands of years. And now uh, that's, that's falling away. Uh, because that only speaks to half of the population of the earth, yeah. uh, in terms of the, the level of resonance that you can have. And, and of course, I know, you know, and I'm sure you've talked about this on the uh, on the show with other guests, prior to the advent of monotheistic uh, religion, you know, uh, a uh, fe- female centric or feminine, the divine feminine, you know, was very prevalent. And um, arguably, uh, they say life was a little bit more easy back then. <laughs> Things mm-hmm. were more balanced uh, than they became with the, the male centered form of religion. So those thoughts are flying through my mind <laughs> from your intro. And I don't, do you know who Richard Rudd is? I think you should talk a little bit about that. <laughs> so Richard Rudd is this this brilliant man who uh, lives in England. I believe he's in England, uh, and he he created uh, a philosophy. I guess I'll call it. Uh, he wouldn't call it a religion for sure. A spirituality, I guess, a path to mm-hmm. a spirituality. Um, it's based on something he he put together called the Gene Keys. And uh, he, his background is in human design and uh, the I Ching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he blended these two uh, philosophies sort of uh, together and, and created something that's sort of like human design 2.0. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really intellectual, which is what I love about it. But it's, but it's very fascinating. It's sort of like you put your, your birth date into, you know, uh, a, fee, a form and it tells you it, it gives you this breakdown much like an astrology uh, chart uh, of of your path in life and it's 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 based on human design in the I Ching and it's it's shockingly accurate you know for instance my 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 career path is whether I like it or not is exactly what I do and I do like it by the way but what I mean is it it, it says you should be speaking you should be talking mm-hmm. to people you're a mm-hmm. teacher you, you're this is your lot in life based on uh, when you were born where you were born um, I happen to like that very much it is what I do now but if I did <laughs> <laughs> if I was fighting against that you know then mm-hmm. that, that would be uh, problematic uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess is what I was trying to say about that but Richard Rudd is just this amazing mind uh, and he's talking now i just was watching a, a a very new video conversation he had like a podcast conversation and they're talking about how um spirituality as we have 
been knowing it and distinct from religion. So all of these, you know, chakra loving, meditation, mindfulness loving people, right? That that realm of spirituality, distinct from mainstream religions, um, that even that realm of spirituality has to go now because it's still um, very focused on nothingness and becoming nothing and, mm-hmm. and, and going into this place of um, still uh, minimalizing the power of who we are. Right. And what he's talking about now is really, I don't know what to call it because I don't, he's the only person I've really been hearing talking like this, but that it's time for us to really claim who we are and claim our power um, in a new way. And that there's this new spirituality that's evolving and there's, there's, uh, this is the time for this to happen, uh, with the world's systems, you know, in disarray, uh, in, in many ways, uh, financially, socially, ecologically, all across the board, we've done a good job of messing this place up that we call earth and it's apparent. And, and this is when I think we're going to start seeing more people having these conversations like this, like no one's really talking about these things. I don't even know what this all means. Right. But it's something is afoot and it's these old systems that don't work, uh, because the proof is in the pudding. They're not, they're not, uh, not everyone benefits from these systems. And, um, what would happen if more people were living into their power and their gifts and knowing that, uh, but they that they're here for a reason all of that to say that's the work i do in what in, in my level of this is teaching the the people who choose to work with me uh and just anyone who will listen that you, you are here for a, a reason that's not revolutionary but it's now time to unmute yourself that this is the time to to own the gifts and the, the and the experiences and the expertise that you have uh, and get off the couch of complacency and open your mouth, stick your face in front of a freaking camera and say what you have to say so the people who are meant for you can hear you because there's lives to be transformed and so many people are waiting. They're just waiting for that permission. And uh, if we're not out there, those who are a few steps ahead, like you, right? Like me, if, if we aren't doing what we're doing, um, then um, <clears throat> we're doing a disservice. We're sitting on our gifts and not living into our power, our, our potential. So, <laughs> okay, let me just take a deep breath. There is so much within what you said that goes as to the themes of this show as well as just that is worthy of independent discussion, (laughs) that you just did something that no one yet has done to me. And that is forced me to completely abandon everything that I planned for what the conversation was going to look like. This (laughs) episode has just gone into a twist. (laughs) It's like in ancient Greek times, leaders would go to see the oracle. And the oracle would just pop out of nowhere and say some remarks and everyone would be left to ponder. And those words had so much truth and they changed the direction of history. You have been an oracle. And I'm feeling you're actually an oracle. 
I'm going to just step back if I could then and begin to explore some of this stuff. Thank you for providing such a rich answer. I love it. First, for anyone who is not aware who is listening to or watching this show, explain exactly what human design is. Oh, man. I, 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 I will preface this by saying I'm, it's not an area that I'm an expert in. Sure. Uh, but I know enough, I guess, to be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a system. Um, I, I guess it's it's not like you know apples to apples, but in the realm of systems, um, the uh, Enneagram, uh, true scientific based uh, astrology, uh, n- uh, not the horoscopes in the newspaper, but really doing the the scientific, <laughs> the numeral numeral numerical work that goes into true um, astrological forecasting. Um, it's a system that is based on your date of birth um, and I believe location that basically um, it tells you what your um, core strength is mm-hmm. and uh, what you lead with. Like, for instance, I'm a, I'm a manifester. Um, and so that means I have this based on how I was born, where I was born. I have this gift to cause shit to happen mm-hmm. when I remember to use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when mm-hmm. I don't use it, then the opposite go yeah, i go into a deficit right mm-hmm. and so there there are these different archetypes mm-hmm. I guess you could say uh but that each person's going to fall into or in some combination of them uh that make up your your personality mm-hmm. and your strengths and and what you can uh use as i guess your your superpowers in life sorry anyone who's a real human design person but that's how i perceive it <laughs> I love it. And that gives what you just said a significant context. And we're not asking for a deep dive into that anyway, but just yeah. clarity so that if anyone is left wondering, they have that answer. Yeah, and yeah. We don't want them to feel left out. Number two, I want to talk about something that you mentioned at the very beginning of the um, discussion that you just brought into the room about the transition from these earlier primarily fertility-based goddess-driven um, mythological systems that humans operated in moving into the patriarchal monotheistic system that we have. As most people may or may not know, even if it's just in the back of their mind and has been embedded in this conversation, there actually has been an interim period. And that is the period, which, by the way, isn't over in all parts of the world. And I don't want to, again, I want to be very, very inclusive in our understanding as to the history of human spirituality. And that is the polytheistic uh, period. Now, anyone who's traveled to India knows that polytheism is alive and well on this planet. But it can be easy for us to forget that in parts of the world that are dominated by this patriarchal uh, uh, monotheistic system like the Abrahamic religions that you talked about, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, and the variants of those. One of the things that the reason why I talk about the pantheistic phase is I don't want to say that from an equality or a human justice perspective, pantheistic systems were perfect. They were not. However, they did have an interesting feature. The 
Natural History Museum here in New York City had an exhibit years ago about Vikings. And they had artwork from the Viking era, which included portraits of the Norse gods and goddesses. And one of the things that this exhibit pointed out was that in many respects, the transition from a polytheistic system with gods and goddesses, and particularly and specifically in this Nordic area, represented a decline in status of women because the goddesses were seen as representing the divine on par with the men. Now, the chief deity was a male. So again, I don't want to overplay this, but let's face it, even in Greek mythology, Aphrodite, Athena, Demeter, these were God Hestia. And even if you don't know their, who they were and what they represented, these were forces of tremendous power. And they spoke sometimes to men and women. I actually interviewed someone for this show who is a, a huge follower of Greek mythology and said that, he said that Selene, the goddess of the moon, I mean, this was a military man, spoke to who he was because of what the moon represented. And so it's interesting that when you are talking about the transition away from a matriarchal uh, uh, belief system into a uh, more patriarchal system that has not been working, that we also, as we are thinking about this, not forget that there was at least some sort of interim step where the patriarchal domination may have been muted a little bit or at least manifested itself in a way that didn't completely exclude women from the concept of the divine. Uh, and, and I want to talk about that. Well, actually, I want to hear whether you have any thoughts about this, because I found it interesting that you specifically referenced not scientific advances, which is how some people approach this decline, or the emergence of technology and Google in particular as a source of this decline, but patriarchalism as a source of this decline. Talk to us a little bit more as a man, uh, why you think that now things are changing and to what extent you feel that the work that people like you are doing that are in emergent areas of spirituality uh, can provide some sort of counterpoint to that for those male, female, or who might otherwise genderize themselves, how that might speak to them. Yes. <clears throat> and feel free to, to reel me back in if I go down a different rabbit hole. I'm loving um, it. <laughs> I have a feeling the audience is too. That's how real uh, conversations go. Okay, so I'm glad you brought up um, Eastern religions. I was just I want to start there because uh, I did zero in on on Western. I did, and so thanks for clarifying. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's only and that's a very Western <laughs> way of thinking, right? Yeah, and, and, I'm guilty of it myself. We are the only place in the world, and I'm so yeah. grateful that I've been able to travel around, you know, to other, to, to vastly different types of cultures to, you know, see firsthand what, what, what you're talking about. Although I still have not been to the motherland of India, uh, but I have been to Japan and to Thailand. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and in, in Thailand, uh, where it's various religions there, but there's, it's also mono, uh, not mono, uh, polytheistic, uh, truly, <laughs> underneath the yeah. layers of Christianity and other religions that have been put on top. But um, Hinduism and variations of Hinduist, Hindu um, 
beliefs are very much part of my pantheon of mm. spirituality. Um, but in that system, I was just reading about this as well. It's almost like I've been preparing for this conversation that I didn't know we were going to be having today until <laughs> just a few days ago. <laughs> um, in the Hindu scriptures, even though it is now illegal in India, that is where the caste system came from, mm -hmm. <laughs> is in the actual religion mm -hmm. that broke out who gets what level of recognition in society. And um, and, and women in general are, are, are still not allowed to be uh, in India, really, to be um, uh, the wise ones, right? Um, it's even though there are many, many uh, female Hindu goddesses. Yes. Uh, and, and they play a very powerful yes. role, uh, but it's still a male dominated, dominated system. Um, but yes, um, God, as the West knows, God is not the only God, <laughs> which I like to, to remind people, this is our yeah. way, what we've, we've grown up with, yeah. right? Whether you believe in a, single god or not okay um so i want to say this just because it's it's like in my head right now i just i just finished a course uh about the roots of uh science of mind uh science of mind is not uh scientology just to for, because sometimes people haven't heard of science of mind but science of mind is really where the whole new thought uh uh movement came from uh or the, the 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 amazing thinkers that helped create uh, wittingly unwittingly what has become new thought going back into the you know 1700s 1800s people like emerson uh who was writing about nature uh that really made a big impact on thinkers mm -hmm. after that mm -hmm. uh, thomas troward um emily curtis hopkins who is just like what this woman in the 1800s who was doing things that no women were supposed to be doing and talking about spirituality. And these people back then, a couple hundred years ago now, plus, were talking about um, that Christianity ain't where it is. <laughs> and that this idea of a male God sitting up in heaven someplace directing is, is not it. And that was, think about this historically, like this country, the United States, had had just very recently been formed like the it you know in the early 1800s it was only 25 50 years prior that you know the the revolution the uh, the American Revolution War took place and and it that wasn't a lot of time in the grand scheme it's like you know it's like my lifetime of of existence where these thinkers came out of this place of um a very um catholic or protestant way of viewing the world those are two different discussions too, right though there's those two concepts but uh to like hmm maybe there's something else mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and maybe there's a different uh a way and and ultimately what i my brain got cracked open from this course i, I took it because it's a prerequisite for something else that i'm perhaps pursuing um within the world of science of mind and i had to take this class i didn't want to take it but i had to so i did and it broke my head like my brain melted because one of the things I realized is I still had from my childhood, very Christian, very charismatic Christian uh, upbringing, this idea of a God that lives in heaven yeah. in the clouds, who's very angry and jealous and knows 
kind of like Santa Claus, knows what I'm doing, knows if it's been naughty or nice. <laughs> and right. um, is that I have a lot of guilt and shame about mm-hmm. for, because I'm gay that I'm going to go to hell. Like it's mm-hmm. not how I operate consciously mm-hmm. you know, day to day, but this, this little vestige of this old programming um, was got uncovered in this class. And when I saw that, I was like, what, mm-hmm. what, what? Mm-hmm. That, that, how much guilt I was still carrying around wow. that I didn't yeah. know was affecting me. Because yeah. it's just like so built into the programming, which now it's exposed. So now, now <laughs> hello, that that game's yeah. over. But um, this this whole thing about uh, that God that that here's here's what I want to get to. These these thinkers, right? Um, we're saying there can't be sin because if God is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, then God is. And God, and they also believed that God wasn't inherently male. Mm-hmm. Then God is everywhere, not just in the things I think are cool or beautiful about life. God would be ever, or whatever you call it, universal mind, one spirit, the universe. It's everywhere by default if you believe that it is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, which means there is no space for uh, sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like what like all these religions are still based on like you're good or you're bad right yeah yeah um and that broke my brain like it warped my brain because if i get to choose well what do i believe it 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 took me to this place that i didn't expect of Mm -hmm. what do i actually believe Mm -hmm. and what like i'm 50 two years old now. And I mm-hmm. thought like I had all this figured out for myself. And it turns out I don't, which is a very beautiful thing, place to be because um, there's a, I feel very empowered by, by that. And to know that these old ways of thinking um, had been dri- driving me, uh, they, they, they don't really work. That's not really what I believe. It's not, it's not who, who I want to be. So I could, I can release those things and, 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 and you know, choose a different way. But I know I've gone down a rabbit hole now, so. <laughs> yeah, but it's actually a rabbit hole that is quite relevant and that I believe will tunnel us away into okay. some very interesting themes for the audience. I want to talk to you a little bit about the persistence of these myths about yeah. our uh, about good or bad and sin, particularly with regards to sexual uh, orientation. You know, I went to a, in 2019, I believe, it was a retreat led by an organization called Mankind Project. And it was, you've been through it. And the one I went to was one that was specifically for gay, bisexual, um, and other related sexual minority men. And... One of the things that I really want... You did the weekend. You did the... the I did the weekend. Yes. It's a it's a whole... And for those of you who don't know anything about it, it is... That is called, I believe, a gateway experience to a longer program that Mankind Project offers. And it's almost like a wilderness retreat where you go yeah. on this, this journey. And it, it was... Yes. Unsettling for me, but it was also unsettling in a way that needed to be unsettled. I felt like uh, some things in my mind and my heart were shaken up that needed to be shaken up. One of the things that happens is people get into really intense discussions about their lives, their feelings, their, their hurts, their triumphs, all of that sort of thing. And I want to say, and I want to be careful about what I say because there is 
confidentiality that is expected and needs to be respected. So I'll just speak very personally about this, which is <clears throat> things have changed legally and on a superficial level, culturally, with regards to how society treats LGBTQ people to such an extent that it can be easy to forget or ignore the scarring that people have, even younger people, how bad it is. Some of the, some of the things that people experience, the wounds, if people really felt them, we would truly not be having a lot of the discussion we have discussions we have about, for instance, whether uh, presidential candidates like Pete Buttigieg are gay enough or things like that, or whether you know, all of us have suffered sufficient oppression. It's there. It's real. And the reason why I mention that is not only because it personally speaks to me, but it goes as to the impact of these systems. Another theme that has consistently come up during this season of the show, despite the fact that I developed this season without any intent around this subject being a topic, is climate change. Yet over and over and over again, guests have raised it. And in fact, you did it again. I am thinking at some point about maybe even just having a show about climate change because it's come up so much. I'm not even interested in it, but if every time I'm turning around, it's, it's being raised, I need to learn to follow it. And so that goes as to, uh, again, the thinking that what you're, that a lot of the way these historical religions have manifested themselves and these, these, these systems have manifested themselves are causing wounds to the planet, wounds to our future. When you talk about creating new pathways, what gives you hope we can heal? <laughs> Woo. Oh my gosh, so many things you just said. Okay, what gives me hope? that we can heal ah, that that um yeah it my first response is do i have hope that we can heal <laughs> where does that hope actually live or Ooh. is it is it a um do i actually have it like i own it or am i like hoping that i i'm hoping that something changes does that make sense yeah um and i think I think I really do, and, it, and the, the reason that I'm my, I'm my, I am my only reference point. Yeah. Um, well, and many people that I've had the honor to work with, who I've seen make shifts right in in their in their worlds. But I know that that we um, you're speaking to the wounds that 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 you brought up just on a, on a top level, and I have to say something about my mankind project weekend yeah. as well because you brought. We're, we're part of the same tribe, brother. We are. So now we really are bros. Okay. Exactly. Well, um, <laughs> um, men. Men among men, as they would say. Um, my brain is a little blown that you did that, by the way. And I'll tell, you'll know in a minute why. Uh, but I, I think that we've all, uh, we, we've all humans, I think by default, some far less than others, 
<laughs> have experienced um, trauma yeah. in, some, in some way. Um, but for those who of us, and I'm talking about LGBTQ plus, there's a lot of letters I'm supposed to remember, and I'm, I'm not with it <laughs> socially apparently. But all the all of that the rainbow I like to just call it the rainbow community. Um, um, women who have been marginalized and, and uh, brutalized in all the different ways that it happens, whether it's that they get paid less, even white women get paid mm -hmm. less than their counterpart, white man, and take it down color, the color way, <laughs> black, brown, Latina women get yeah. paid the least for the same jobs and, and comparative knowledge in, in corporate, this is corporate America, not just McDonald's. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so much inequality, right? Of course, uh, with with our black brothers and sisters that that are con continue to be uh, brutalized in society and physically, emotionally, all levels, um, it happens. I, I sit on the racial equality project at the spiritual center that I go to here in San Diego, and there's it's shocking how it's shocking how many black people, men and women, men more than women. Men are just murdered, women who go missing, and mm -hmm. you don't hear about them in the news. You no. hear about Ashley Petito or, or you know, no. for no. weeks. Everyone cared about her and and okay, I, I got it. I followed it every time, every day I watched uh, about that. But do you know how many more people, how many more women and men are missing and never see the light of day in terms of the news? Because it does, the, the society, doesn't care is that the same emphasis is not put on it anyways there's wounding for some of us far more uh than others and um i believe that um the innate human spirit is is to thrive not to just survive but is to thrive is to want to enjoy life to to be prosperous to be happy most people just want to be happy and happy isn't always money <laughs> a lot of there's a, a there's a, enough people who associate happiness with money, but if you ask people what it means, usually they can't even really define it, but they know they want it. And I think that's, a, that's, that's why I have hope is that as long as humans have this desire to be happy, whether they know what it means for them or not, then there's this opportunity to figure that out for them, for themselves. And that is, is part of the work that I do, uh, is helping my clients to get over themselves this is where all the mindset work happens. Like, yes, that stuff happened in life. And you can choose to not pretend it didn't happen and, and take care of yourself the way you need to, mental health wise and, and any other way, right? But do you want to stay in that space? Or do you want to use the gifts and talents and, and, and uh, wisdom that you have that you want to share to make a difference in the world? If you want to, then we can work on that because there's people who are ready to hear from you. And there are enough people who want that. And those are the people I get to work with, right? Who are brilliant, yeah. but they're hiding out because they've been told they don't look the right way or they don't have the right knowledge or they're not allowed. I have one client, I won't name names. She's brilliant. She's a, she's, she's a, um, she's in the uh, psychology field, but she's also a quantum <laughs> expert. She knows about quantum spirituality quantum psychology and and in her field she's not allowed to talk about the things she really knows to be true and that could really help people heal 
So she's actually making this transition into talking about how she wants to talk about her expertise. And that means possibly leaving behind her professional standing and credibility in that in, in that world because it's not allowed. So there's people like this who are standing up and who are saying, you know what, I'm here. While I'm here, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a difference. So there's hope. I do believe that uh, I have hope that humanity can change. Um, and the, but you know, as trite as it may sound, I and I that's the work I do on myself. I love it. I have to do it here so that. I can um, have the ability to help those who cross my path that are ready. But um, the more of us that are owning who we are and doing our work, uh, the, the the more this will shift. <clears throat> and that's, you know, <laughs> it's an inside job and it's a one at a time and, and it may not be on the scale that we have, uh, that we want it to happen, but it, it, that's why we're having this conversation, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, you've said some things I, uh, that I really want to tap into very briefly. I personally believe, as those who watch or listen to the show have figured out, that this isn't just a single episode after single episode after single episode experience, but the each season creates a tapestry of themes that come back and forth and interrelate. I hinted at that earlier, talking about the climate change issue that repeatedly has come up. Um, and you raise a couple of things that I want to point to a couple of other episodes of this podcast that may address um, or may be of interest. We had a guest named Laura Benedetto who talked about happiness itself. That's her area of expertise. And it's very interesting for those who might be moved um, by that particular subject. With regards to the client you have, I am just going to throw out to you that there is a two-part episode of this show that has been taped, but has not been released yet. But by the time this episode is released, either will be imminently released or will have been released with a NASA astrophysicist who transitioned her career into dream interpretation. <laughs> and so if your okay. client is interested in hearing that episode, please have her subscribe to this show because that person's journey literally may speak to her. It's almost like if I didn't haven't hadn't interviewed this person already, I would have wondered if it was the same human being. So anyway, getting back to you because you are having you're also talking a lot that I'm going to need to reference over and over again in future episodes, which is the beauty of, of talking to someone like you. You mentioned your role or your avatar, your your life force as being that of a, a teacher or a guide. And in fact, at least one other person recognized that when you were a little boy. Is it not true that your grandma said that you might be something like that, even though it didn't quite end up that way? Talk to us that? a little bit about your grandma and that story. Wow. You, I don't remember telling you that, but I guess <laughs> I'm an I oracle too. <laughs> he's psychic folks he's psychic um uh, speaking of work inner work that's a, <laughs> that is a woman who i have a lot of work around uh because of religion actually mm. ties everything together here exactly um she, my my grandmother carmen she probably will never hear this but please know i love you uh, Grandma Carmen. <laughs> and my mom will probably hear this, though. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so when I was a, when I was a kid, 
uh, and I'm thinking of like time turning points in my life. So before it was widely known that I'm, I'm a gay man, uh, my grandmother, Carmen, like her, she said to me that she, she saw me being, um, a, pre, a pastor and, and her dream was that I would go to Oral Roberts university and become a pastor. Right. And, um, wow, that's, that's and so I had that, that was actually a pressure put upon me. Right. I can imagine. She also said this, and this also speaks to manhood and what happened for me and, and how I developed. Um, my, my parents got divorced when I was seven and my, I have just distinct memory from, from right after my father had moved out of our home. Um, I was there with my mom and my grandmother, Carmen, <clears throat> very dominant woman, my grandmother, Carmen, very strong woman, right? But very dominant type of character. And she, um, my dad, you know, was gone and, and she, she said to me, well, Richie, I guess you're the man of the house now and you're going to have to take care of your mom and your brother. Mm. I was seven. And Whoa. my brother was four. <clears throat> and I just, from seven years old, I, I, I went into, you know, un, unconsciously, I guess. I, like, I didn't sit around and think maybe I did. But it became a role assigned to me. I was going to say, that sounds like a new definition of early puberty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <I'm fine. laughs> yeah, so it was sort of like, you know, childhood. I, like, now I have, now I'm a man. And maybe maybe at the time i thought that was like ooh like some honor or something i don't know mm. <clears throat> but i do know that um there was a consequence to those words and and i i don't you know i, I don't hold it against her it's, she said what she said and i don't think she had malicious intent but that was a lot to put on a kid psychologically yeah yeah and um and so i know from that point on i i tried to understand well what is it like to be an adult uh, i i became to this day, part of what has driven me to be successful is that I have to take care of my mom and my yeah. brother. <laughs> yeah, so, I can anyway. completely relate. Absolutely. So, so Grandma Carmen, um, but the, the pastor thing. So the, the thing is that um, the truth is she, she, she does not understand uh, like what I do or that, that I have a relationship still with Jesus but who I would call my mystical brother, Jesus, mm -hmm. the Christ consciousness, but that is not the Jesus she believes in, right? Mm -hmm. um, she, she thinks because I don't practice Christianity the way that I used to and the way she wants me to, that her way is the way I would go to heaven and really no other way. Yeah. Right? Um, that because I'm not in that bucket of people very small bucket in the grand scheme of things, actually, which is part of what led me away from that bucket. Yeah, yeah. Um, that um, I just I'm just floundering uh, in life, and any I just spoke to her the other day, and and I hadn't for a long time, and it started with guilt. You know, I called you two years ago, and you haven't called me back. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, well, I had I had a, a like a weird abscess that happened under my arm, and. I told very few people, but somehow it got back to my grandmother and she's like, well, I was praying for you. And, and she basically tr told me that because she prayed for me, because Jesus healed me. And, and I was just like, okay, it's, this thing is still here yeah. this, this way. And, and it's, 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 it, that's, I can't change her. I can't change how she is, but it, it, it's interesting how it still activates me. Right. Yeah. And that's just like, well, I have more work to do. I get to do more work to just like let this, you know, 
God bless her <laughs> and let me, you know, not let that still run my life. Um, and it's, this is all, this is why I do mindset work. This is why I teach people about mindset work. What's the relationship between mindset work, spirituality, particularly as you define it? What, how do you even define spirituality? Because you're talking about, for instance, thinking about Jesus in a way that's radically different than it is traditionally taught within churches. Now, I'm not making a value judgment about that, yeah. obviously, or we wouldn't be having this conversation. But to those that may have been raised in traditional religions but left it behind because it lost credibility or because it damaged them or whatever, or for those who might be a-religious but have and feeling a void inside, but have an aversion to the word spirituality. And by the way, I was that person for a long time, so I can speak to it. I thought spirituality, A, I thought of usually women. That was sort of a women's thing. I don't know where I got that idea, but I did. And then B, I saw it as woo-woo, unscientific or beneath my, beneath my, it didn't get me anywhere in life. I wanted to get ahead. Well, what was sitting around talking about mysticism or spirituality or Jesus as my spiritual brother or consciousness as a construct? With, or per, what did all that mean? So, so what is spirituality, spirituality to you and how do you define it for your clients that are seeking? <sighs> That's a good question. Yeah, so I guess I'll start with I do have a distinction between religion and spirituality. And in and, and my experiences, um, many religious people are, know nothing about spirituality. <laughs> Why? And, and I'm not saying that spiritual people are inherently better. Mm -hmm. I think they're different places of, mm -hmm. of understanding the world around us. And, and um, you know, crazy uh, there was a period of life right after 9-11 because i lived in new york city as you know mm -hmm. for 18 years and um i started going to a catholic church and for my kind of Christ christianity as far as the charismatic christian that i grew up with like catholics are not christian mm -hmm. they are the whore of babylon is what is what absolutely that's what i was inter interestingly enough taught to growing up yep. in a more fundamentalistic yes. environment even charismatic, ultimately, there would be no charismatic Christians if there hadn't been first some Catholic church, right? right. right. They're all de de derivatives of, ultimately. Anyways, <clears throat> I started going to a Catholic church, and 9-11 and happened. And I remember looking, it was it's called St. Joseph's on 6th Avenue in the village. <clears throat> really cool, it doesn't look like a Catholic church from the outside, so I was aesthetically attracted to it. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's a gay thing or not, but I thought it was pretty, so I should check it out. Mm -hmm. And I uh, remember sitting in a pew and I looked out the stained glass window. This particular one was of Mary. And um, I just heard my intuition voice say, you need to become Catholic. And I was like, are you freaking like, a wow. sure, I used other words. Kidding me? Like, <laughs> what? Like, that's not what I do. It's a miracle I'm even sitting in here right now. <laughs> but I did. I did it. Because when I hear my, this certain, I know my voice of intuition. And, it, and usually it's, it's asinine things that I hear that I, it's, it's the crazier it is, the more real I know mm. it is for me. Mm -hmm. So I did. And it was so cool because I was also studying Kabbalah at the time at the mm -hmm. New York City Kabbalah Center. And um, 
I got to learn by going through the initiation of becoming Catholic, which is still ridiculous. I can't believe I did it, but that's cool. Um, we learned about Judaism. And a big part of learning about being becoming a Catholic was they taught you about the history of the church, and they spent so much time talking about Judaism. And then I could never look at stained glass windows the same again mm. because all of the mystical uh, symbolism that's that's embedded that most people don't even know is there that just set my brain on fire in a good way. Anyways, I, I don't go to Catholic church anymore, but I'm a technically I'm a, I'm a in the books as a Catholic with St. John of the cross, who is a very mystical dude. A lot of those, those uh, monks and priests and nuns from, from the early, you know, uh, 1100, 1200, 1300, those people were radical. They were not religious. They were spiritual. They, talked to the God of their understanding and had a love relationship with that God where it were like a, not a sexual, uh, although some wrote in that, in those terms, but just this, like they, they chose what they believed in and they just embodied it. And, mm -hmm. and so those are the people who, who did, who had some produced some of the most beautiful writings right. um, and stories um to this day. So I think spirituality is, you know, pick the thing that you believe is um, your highest self. And for some people, they will call that a creator. Some people will call that the universe. Some people call it their the tree, <laughs> nature. Nature is a huge thing for so many people, right? Um, having uh, just a, a, an understanding that there's some greater creative force at play that is beyond our comprehension um, and in organizing your life around uh, tuning into it. It's not even believing in it and honoring and worshiping it per mm -hmm. se, like you find in religion, but it's, can you turn it, can you tune into that energy and, um, and, and let it uh, be directed by it. Right. Um, versus, I don't believe in anything. I don't believe in a God. I don't like the, the, all the negations that happened um, that produces a certain energy too. <laughs> As I found out the hard way, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, right. It and, ain't and pretty. Everything is energy at the, at the mm. core of all of this is there's an energetic force alive, whether you believe in calling it God or not, doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter if you call it what you call it. It's there is an energetic, a creative force that is always evolving and unfolding and humans are part of it, whether we want to believe it or not. So everything is energy. Even the rock outside your front door that mm. you think is dead is alive and vibrating with energy. It's just at a different frequency. This is where you get into quantum stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And um, we as humans can access that. We have the consciousness to access that energy. And um, it's and there are there are, uh, we have we are creative forces and this is this is where we have the ability to shape the world around us by choosing to believe that that's a potential. And I'll tell you, my life goes very differently when I choose to believe this way and and, and conduct myself this way. Um, it's far more exciting. Amazing things happen, and um, and I've lived the other way. And when I'm not plugged into the energy source around me, that is me, because God is omnipresent, omnipotent, omni everything. Mm -hmm. That means that I am God and that is my spirituality. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in a God that sits in heaven someplace. 
I believe that all of this energy that I choose to call the universe, this universal spirit, the one mind, the thing, that therefore it flows through me, therefore I am it too. That's a far better place for me to operate from than being subservient to something that I am told controls me or doesn't like me or I'm not good enough that I don't deserve, right, um, that we hear a lot from religion. So when you started that set of discussion points, fascinating. Thank you for all of that. I, you said there's a difference between religion and spirituality. I said, why? And you, you kind of, kind of continued to answer. That's cool because what you gave was something that honestly had never occurred to me before. I assumed when I hear about the difference between religion and spirituality, usually you hear about the difference. The distinction is clericalism or legalism as one of the defining um, characteristics of religion. You have to do this. You have to follow the law. You have to observe these rituals or else. You're talking about a distinction being related to worship, subservience. And that is truly something worth pondering over when we view ourselves as part of a Godhead, for lack of a better word, or part of our, as it's as a manifestation of the divine directly through us. It relates to another concept. And that is going back again to these pantheistic religions and goddesses in particular, Chorus, the Greek goddess of charisma, literally a divine force. You teach and you do uh, presentation coaching and how to throw yourself out there into the world as a visible, powerful presence through your coaching. Uh, is there a link then that I might be perceiving between understanding yourself as a manifestation of the divine and Karis's mission on what she brings to the world, which is charisma? <laughs> That's an awesome question. Um, you know, the, the, how can I, how can I answer that question? I hadn't quite thought of it that way, but for me, because of who I am and all the things, all the crazy religious and spiritual and mystical things that I've studied on purpose, because I, I want to, I got to take it back to this at 17. I got kicked out of my house. I was outed. Um, and um, immediately the next day taken to our church pastor's office and was told I had to choose between being gay or Christian. I was 17. And my immediate answer was, well, I'm both because God made me, right? And I was told, nope, you can't be both. You have to choose. And at that point, I already was, as I was I re referenced, buckets like a, like that Christianity is a, a small bucket, you know, that I, I didn't, I couldn't imagine that. God, as I understood it then, as I understood him then, now I would call him it, he, she, it, I don't know, it's genderless, um, couldn't believe that that God would be so petty that mm. all these other people are going to go to hell because they don't believe right. just, not just in God or Christianity, but our kind of Christianity, right? Right, right, right. So I said, well, I'm, I'm gay. And then I got kicked out. So everything got taken away from me. My home, my college education that I was supposed to have, I was going to be an interior architect. Wow. Uh, that got taken away from me. Um, 
and it took me a very long time to understand this, but my God was taken away from me as well. And it, that part came way later in, in my spiritual journey, but I never thought about that. Like college, home, family, that was very real and present. But my understanding of God, which is now a gift, <laughs> was also mm-hmm. taken away from me. Mm-hmm. That God kicked me out, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, how does that relate to Karas <laughs> in, in this, the, this charisma piece? is um, that experience is what set me on my path to figure out, well, what the fuck is God? Mm-hmm. What is this thing they call God? And, and well, let me study this. Let me study Buddhism. Let me study Hinduism. Let me, st- let me become a freaking Catholic. Let me go to the Kabbalah Center and maybe I'll see Madonna. I did see Sandra Bernhardt. You know, let, you know. I was going to say, if you saw Madonna, we'll stop the interview and talk about that <laughs> right here now. But go on. <laughs> okay. I have seen her, but not, not at there. Not there. <laughs> um, this, you know, and that led me to all, you know, all these different layers of, of ultimately this amalgamation of what I call my spirituality. I, I pick and choose, right? Moving from a belief that Jesus died on a cross for my sins because I'm such a bad little boy to the man, if he really walked the earth, regardless, the words attributed to Jesus, the Christ consciousness are like, if you just followed that, no matter who you are, you don't have to believe mm-hmm. in Christianity. Mm-hmm. That dude said, you know, the amazing things, if you literally translate from the Aramaic, not the bastardized version that the Bibles are now, <clears throat> if you do that level of research and see what this dude said, that's all you need to know is like, he basically said, you have the power to heal and it's in you now. Mm-hmm. Say it and it shall be so. Mm-hmm. That's freaking mindset training Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thoughts become things right that takes us all the way up to new thought to what i believe in and what i teach i say all of this because i don't put any of that in my marketing right i say do you want to be a visible authority yeah and enough people say i'm terrified to look into a camera because they're gonna make fun of me what if i forget what if i sound stupid when i'm being interviewed by a complete stranger right like i am right now right what if, what if, what if I can't, so I won't, but I want to, cause I believe I have something to share with the world. Yeah. What do I do? Right. If they have that level of willingness, then I can help them providing they are good at what they actually do. Right. They're missing the, the belief, the charisma piece. Right. And, um, that, that can be brought out in, in a, in a person, uh, their charisma. If I can get a person to believe that their message is more important than their fears, doubts, and worries, mm. then we can get get them to the place that they need to be. And underneath of all of that, though, is my spirituality, is all of these crazy adventures I've been on, is me being kicked out at 17, me being told at seven, you know, you're the man of the house. Everything I've learned as a response oftentimes a defense mechanism to a willing learning and like devouring what I can about how to figure out this world we live in and my place in it, that is at the root of what I teach people. And it comes out in different ways. I'll call it mindset training, but I am teaching people how to have faith in themselves. And because the people they're here to make a difference for um, um, are good. Here's the other part of it from a business perspective. If you don't open your mouth and do what you're here to do, that's on you, but guess what? The next person who's willing, who does exactly what you do, because there is no l- lack of people who do what we can do. No. The next person who has a, a little bit bigger balls, they're the ones who are going to get the deposit in their bank account. No. So 
you ought to just step up to the plate and do what you're here to do so that you can make a living in this planet and make the impact you're here to make. There's a whole other level of it, too. <laughs> and that goes into our last question, which I will lead into with the following statement in Greek mythology. Chorus was married to Hephaestus. Hephaestus had a unique power to make things that were inanimate move. What that represents is charisma connected to action. I love it. If you're in business and you're looking to take away some rich um, Osagera wisdom uh, when you think about how you can make yourself more visible or how to be more effective or how to have a mindset that drives you to success and gets your message or your purpose effectuated in this world, give us three brief takeaways. Okay. <sighs> okay. Three. Brief, brief, brief. First of all, willingness. This, this is what separates uh, the people who, uh, the Hephaestuses of the world <laughs> uh, from the rest, right? Is if, if you are willing to be bigger than your fears, doubts, and worries, and preconceived notions about you and what other people think about you, just willing, not know how to figure all this stuff out, just willing, then um, you can do anything. That's what one of the, the most important impactful coaches I've ever had who I who would send me home crying because I couldn't get the mindset stuff. He taught me about willingness and and um, so many things are based on willingness with so many yeah. philosophies, even the 12 steps of AA. Will, we were willing to believe <laughs> we yeah. were powerless, right? Willingness yeah. is the key word. So that is the biggest takeaway I have for people. Now, if you're willing, then I'm um, then great. Now what? Now it's it's really I would say invest in your brain, invest in your mm -hmm. in your mindset, acknowledge those limiting beliefs that you have that um, are not serving you. Because if if it hasn't worked so far, then why do you think it's what you how you yeah. are and how you act and what you're saying is going to make a difference going forward? So we can be honest with ourselves and see what's led us to where we're at um, think usually it shows up as traumas and things that have happened to us that we're blaming other people for you can keep doing that or you can choose to um create a different uh, uh neural pathway network in your brain right. that has you change your thinking so invest in your brain invest in your mindset right and i'm uh, that's kind of like the, the, the where I where I come into things right is in helping people who are at that at that stage. And the third thing is, you know, in your heart of hearts, you know that there's something you want to do on this planet. That there's some uh, purpose that you're here for. Yeah. And you may not have it fully defined, but allow yourself to let it be defined. And people get mm. really scared of that. Mm -hmm. I experience it in my work with people. Just let it go uh, and and put it out there and then watch how everything starts to fall into place to create the platform for you to do that work. But it starts with willingness. Powerful stuff. Rich, how can people find out more about you? Yes. How can so, they follow you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm on I'm on the Facebook. I'm on the Twitter. Uh, Rich Osagara. Um, uh, YouTube. You can find me there easily. Uh, my website is richawakenings.com. Um, I have, I have some others that are in works, but that one's going to stay up. In there, you can go uh, click on the gift tab, 
and um, there's an introduction to some mindset training that's there available for you at richawakenings.com. Love it. Rich, it has been great taking a ride with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. And for everybody tuning in, if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on, on Apple or a comment on YouTube. And I will see you next time for another trip down the Purpose Highway. When you're racing down the Purpose Highway, we want to make sure you're healthy and happy every step of the way. That's why we're proud to partner with It's NOLA, 21st century plant-based healthy granola snack bites made with real ingredients and audacious flavor. It's NOLA crafts small batch hand-rolled granola balls that are vegan, gluten-free, and naturally low in sugar. It's NOLA's delightful bites come in three flavors, luscious cranberry coconut, sassy mango masala, and dark, decadent, chewy chocolate. It's NOLA is available to both individual customers and for wholesale accounts at itsnola.com. That's I-T-S-N-O-L-A.com. Guests on this show are already enjoying this delicious snack. Check out It's NOLA's website for yourself and find out how good it is.